Welcome to the First Baptist Barberville Weekly Sermon Podcast. At FBC Barberville, our mission is to gather, grow, give, and go. Join us for live worship on the Court Square in Barberville, Kentucky, or to learn more about our church, visit fbcbarberville.com. Here is Pastor Tyler Shields. FBC Barberville this morning. I do appreciate you worshiping with us. Thanks to those who are tuning in online as well. So if you're, if you're new here this morning, you're visiting with us, uh, let me explain a couple things to you. One is, is we start at the beginning of the year and as a church and we start reading through God's Word together. And we've got a reading plan and it's never too late And I'm talking even to church members. It's never too late to get on board with this reading plan. We have copies. And this year we're going through the the Word of God chronologically. So in the order that things happen. And so we read through that together. And then we preach from a passage that you should be reading this week. And then our D groups uh, that meet throughout the week in various places, you guys come together and discuss what you've been reading and what God's, how God's spoken to you through His Word. Well, this week we're in the heart of Leviticus, in the middle of God's law, talking about being my brother's keeper. And that's how all this ties together, being my brother's keeper. Last week we're in Exodus and we talked about the idolatry that the Israelites fell into. And thankfully they moved forward past that moment, that that lapse. Of course, they're going to go through this several times. But for the time being, they move out of that. And the lesson for us was really getting to the heart of what we've been seeing in our, our communities and in our, our nation the past couple of weeks. It's the heart of revival starts right there with ridding yourself of anything that stands between you and the Lord. Just repenting from that. Listen, I'm excited about what God's doing right now. And somebody on social media said it this morning. Can you imagine being a Christian who's upset that other Christians are gathering to pray and worship the Lord. Wow. But it's happening. But revival doesn't start, and I think we're seeing this lesson, because we, we try to make revival happen, right? Revival doesn't start with this great preacher. Revival doesn't start with an incredible worship band. It doesn't start in this, this, this you know, thing that you come up with, this grand plan. Revival starts in a repentant heart, giving up everything else, and turning to the Lord. In the biblical narrative where we're at in your reading plan, people, uh, as you can imagine, need a lot of rules and a lot of regulations to live in the presence of a holy God. And that's what we're seeing here in the book of Leviticus. In my personal time this week, in my reading, I'll just be the first to tell you, my mind begins to drift a little bit as I read through some of this. Anybody else? with me so here's where my mind goes and I'm reading all of these crazy seemingly crazy rules to us my mind thinks what if we still had to do all this and my d groups takeaway from last week was thank God for Jesus because we would really mess this up but then I'm reading and I start thinking what 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 if what if here in, in Appalachia we had to do all of these Levitical rules and regulations can you imagine instead of going if i get a so i read the chapter on the skin issues this week 
Instead of going to Tom or Charles or one of our other docs to check out my skin problem, I got to go find the high priest of Appalachia to look at my skin and tell me that I've got a scaly skin disease. And he's like, buddy, here's what you got to do, man. You got to shave your head. You got to shave your beard. You got to shave your eyebrows off. You're going to look weird for a couple weeks. Do that. Go get me two black chickens and come back here with a bucket of water and we'll get you clean, okay? That's just how I see this playing out. I don't know if your mind goes there or not. But tucked away in the middle of all these laws is some pretty remarkable stuff. And we come to Leviticus chapter 25. And Leviticus chapter 25 deals not with just how to live in the very presence of a holy God as a sinful people, but how we ought to live with one another. And this morning, going along with what Rick has shared with us, again, we're talking about being my brother's keeper. Keep that in mind and turn to Leviticus 25. And we're going to start in verse 35. The Bible tells us, If your brother becomes destitute and cannot sustain himself among you, you're to support him as an alien or temporary resident so that he can continue to live among you. Do not profit or take interest from him, but fear your God and let your brother live among you. You're not to lend him your silver with interest or sell him your food for profit. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. If your brother among you becomes destitute and sells himself to you, you must not force him to do slave labor. Let him stay with you as a hired worker or temporary resident. He may work for you until the year of Jubilee. Then he and his children are to be released from you, and he may return to his clan and his ancestral properties. They are not to be sold as slaves, because they are my servants that I brought out of the land of Egypt. You're not to rule over them harshly, but fear your God. I think God understood that in a fallen world, people were going to end up falling on hard times. It's just bound to happen. Whether it be from poor decisions that people make, which happens, or some natural disaster that just destroys their crops or their property or their livelihood, whatever the case, people are going to need help. And thankfully, God designed a way for people to get the help that they needed. And guess what? That help was not the government. It was not some social program or welfare or some handout, as helpful as those things may be from time to time. No, God's design in the Bible was for God's people to help people who are in need. So let's walk through this. And the first thing we've got to understand is, again, people are going to need help. So I know it's, it sounds very matter-of-factly, but we see this every single day in the church office. How many people have watched the show Pawn Stars? There's like three honest people. So anyway... Pawn Stars has this slogan 
that says you'll never, you never know what's going to walk through those doors. Me and Shane, that's our motto every day. You never know what's going to walk through these church doors on a daily basis. We literally see people needing some kind of help every single day, whether it be trying to find a job or food or shelter or they're lost and need to talk about Jesus or we've got these kids that are looking for a godly Christian home to be part of. People just need help. Because they have problems. And notice, even here in the law, in the heart of the law, with all these harsh do's and don'ts, the law doesn't give a reason or a caveat as to why your brother might become destitute. The reason why is far less important than what's going to come out of this. So what God's talking about is if this person can't support themselves and their fellow countrymen refuse to support them or unwilling to support them in their time of need, what's going to happen? Most likely, the only option these folks have is to sell themselves or to sell their children or to sell their family to another nation. And God's saying, you need to help them. You need to help them so they can stay with you in the land that I gave to you and be my people. Don't sell yourselves to these pagan people that you're surrounded by. It reminds me so much of Jesus. Don't you love that you can see Jesus right in the heart of Leviticus? This reminds me so much of what Jesus would do. And understand, Jesus knew the law better than any of us will ever understand and know the law. And he put it perfectly into practice. And Rick actually brought this very thing up. Think about how Jesus handled things. Jesus didn't never, he never questioned why the crowds were hungry. He never questioned why they were weak, why they were weary, why they were wandering around like a, a, a bunch of sheep who had, didn't have a shepherd. No, Jesus the Bible says, was moved with compassion for them. And when the disciples came and said, Lord, these people are hungry, what did Jesus do? Well, technically, he said, you all go feed them. But he, he provided that food that they needed. When I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you took me in naked and you clothed me. When I was sick, you took care of me. When I was in prison, you visited me. That's the heartbeat of Jesus' ministry that he tells us we need to be part of. Regardless of the reason why, people need help, folks. People are hungry. And I know it's hard to imagine that in 2023 there's hungry kids out here, but there are. There are hungry families. There are people that are confused. There are people that are lost and they need help. Second thing, and I want us to see this. Here's some motivation for doing this in verse 38. God has helped us. God reminds his people in the middle of the law that they too once were in great need. And it was he who rescued them out of the slavery, out of the bondage of Egypt. In other words, God is reminding the Israelites, before you get up on your high horse, don't forget that not so long ago, you didn't have anything. You didn't have this promised land of your own. You didn't have uh, uh, any stuff. You were owned by another people. You were treated as slaves. You had no freedom, no way to rise above that current position. And I delivered you out of that. 
And likewise, God has delivered us today out of our sin, out of our me- when we couldn't help ourselves and do anything to make our lives any better. God delivered us out of that and now put us in a position to help somebody else. That's why we're talking about Sunrise Children's Services today and the past several weeks because most of us are in a position to do something about this incredible problem and so many other problems. But what I think one of the worst things we can do as Christians, I mean, think about this. At one time, we had no hope. The Bible says we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but now because of Christ, we have the blessed hope for, of all eternity. And one of the worst things that we can do now is to look down our nose at people that used to be, that are just like we used to be. I think worse yet would be to look at people who are the same way we once were with that indifference and just absolutely refuse to do anything about it. It's what God's warning the Israelites about. Our human nature will lead us to indifference. It will also lead us to take advantage of those situations that people are in. And God's warning them, don't you dare do this to your brothers and sisters. Now, look forward a little bit more. There's some wisdom that goes along with this. We're going to shift gears for just a second. We need to help people. But God encourages us to give them the right kind of help. And we're going to really dig into this tonight. God is so wise. I I love the more I learn about our, our, our Heavenly Father's character. He tells the Israelites, listen, don't enslave your brother. When he becomes destitute, don't just give him this handout that's not going to last. Instead, give him, give him a hand up. You see, one of the really amazing things about our God is I don't think our God has a problem with good old-fashioned hard work. Now, that's a lesson our society needs to hear, especially post-pandemic, right? God says, listen, you can work. You can work these people just like you'd work anybody else. Don't enslave them. Don't mistreat them. Make sure you take a Sabbath, right? But God tells them, don't just give them a freebie, but put them to work like you would anybody else that works for you. And then he set up this thing called the year of Jubilee, where all of these debts are released and these people are released and get to go back home to their homeland, their ancestral family's land. Why? Again, so look at the big picture here. So they can live in the land God has given them among their own people and be his God. But even worse than that, might be becoming for us the church, might be becoming just another social institution. Well, we're giving out help and we're giving out aid in whatever form and we're giving out these handouts that treat all of these symptoms of people's problems but it never really never addresses their true need rick nailed it on the head he said the greatest problem that people have that we all have is this broken relationship with god and listen if we're not doing that church then we're We're no different than the Goodwill or the Salvation Army or some other thing. We're no different than the government. We've got to be sharing the gospel. And I know it seems like it doesn't meet all these other needs, and we do have to do some of that. But first and foremost, we've got to tell people about Jesus. 
strike a balance. And again, going back to Jesus. Now, I know we're, we're, this ain't the fire and brimstone sermon this morning, but this is important stuff. Go and look at the way Jesus did his ministry. It was incredibly balanced, right? He would go in and Jesus would meet this need in a tangible way. And then he would tell them God's truth, right? And I think about, about this and I've seen this so many times. When you got a little baby coming in to Bible school or to Awana. And you know the thing that they really need more than anything else is Jesus. And you want to tell them about Jesus? I'm going to be honest with you. It's pretty hard when, to tell them that and get that across when the only thing they're really concerned about is where their next meal's coming from. <laughs> so you've got to be balanced. Jesus used these things like food, like healing, as a bridge to be able to share God's message, to share God's truth. And listen, giving handouts, folks, that's easy. Giving out food, giving out stuff, addressing the symptoms, anybody can do that. That's the easy part. But providing the right kind of help, that is so much more tedious. It's a lot like discipleship. Because what you have to do, there's so listen, there are so many, so few people that are actually willing to do that. And here's why. It actually requires you to get to know somebody. To build a relationship with somebody and lock arms with them hand in hand and walk through whatever this mess is that they're going through until they get through it and can then turn and do the same thing for somebody else. So what I'm getting at is when we're trying to really help people, one, you got to show a little grace. Because apart from God's grace, you'd probably be in the same situation that they're in. So show a little grace, but also couple that with some tough love as you go along. There's nothing wrong with that. And help those folks out because God helped you. Not only, and this is where we're going to end. This is, this is the foundation coming at the end. I want to help people because God's helped me, absolutely. But I want to help people because I want to be more like God. I want to be more like my Heavenly Father. And here's the thing about our Heavenly Father. Your Heavenly Father loves people. There is no doubt that God just loves humans. <laughs> Paul says God proved that to us. That God demonstrated His love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We've talked about this when we were in Genesis. That people, men and women are the crown jewel of God's creative masterpiece. And even though mankind fell and even though mankind sinned against God, guess what? God still loves man. And he's a missionary God that loves man enough to send his son for mankind. Because as he tells these Israelites, people are mine. I don't treat them like slaves. Don't mistreat these people. These are my servants that I brought out of the land of Egypt. This, this church, God says, is mine that I delivered out of their sin by giving my very own son. People, we cannot forget, all people, red and yellow, black and white, all of them are made in the very image of God. He loves them. And we are to treat them as such in the hopes that they too can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Listen, the people outside, there's a wonderful group. And I love you all. You're beautiful. You're, you're, you're a wonderful church family. But listen, the people outside these four walls this morning, 
The 88% of Knox Countyans outside these four walls that aren't in church, the 11,016 people within our five-mile radius that are not in church this morning, guess what? God loves them too. Those people down in those Brazilian favelas that our teams are getting ready to go to starting next month, God loves them too. Those children out there that need a godly Christian home, that think in their mind, nobody in this world loves them. Your Heavenly Father loves them. Those people that you pass by at Walmart, those people that you pass by driving down the highway on your way to work and on your way to school, God loves each and every one of them. All of you sitting here this morning, God loves you. You, even when you were lost in this, when you were just a train wreck, God loved you. And He loves you now. God loves people. And as a church, I believe that we are to be an extension of God's love to all these people that are around us. I'm going to say something very radical. And I want you to hear my heart on this. If you're here this morning and you do not love people, there is something seriously wrong with your relationship with God. And you need to fix that this morning. Because Jesus said, when he summarized all of this law, what did he say? He said, yeah, love the Lord. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he gave number two. He said, you better love people as yourself. Let's stand together as we close this morning. Here's... My invitation to you, first and foremost, is do you truly love people? You know if you do or you don't. Do you care about your brothers and your sisters this morning? If there is something that's standing right now between you and another brother or another sister, that means that's standing between you and God this morning, and you need to fix that today. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like a lot of folks. You're like, preacher, I love people. I really, I just love them. I want to do anything I can for them. You just don't really know how to do that. Whether it means giving them some food or adopting a child or coming and helping with upward. You, just, you want to love on people, but you just need some direction. Here's what you do this morning. You pray about it. You say, Lord, I'm willing to do whatever it is that you want me to do. Give me an opportunity, the right opportunity. And here's what will happen. God will give you the right opportunity join me as we pray Father Lord when I think about loving others I can't help to think about you loving me Lord someone that was so unworthy so undeserving sinful but you love me anyway and God how hypocritical of me would it be to 
to look at somebody the way I once was and refuse to give them the love of God. God, teach us how we ought to love one another. How we ought to love people that are not yet part of your family. God, I know that we hurt one another. And so this morning, Father, I'm asking you to heal those wounds. God, I'm asking you to tear down the walls that we've built between one another, that there would be nothing standing between us and you, Lord. And God, if there's someone here this morning, they've never experienced the love of God in their life and they've never been saved Lord I pray today that love would break through and that they would come to Jesus it's in his name we pray Amen as we sing this morning if you need to come and just pray today we'll be more than glad to pray with you this altar is open if you need to come and just pray for God's direction in your life and how God might use you to love people minister to people, to be part of what we're doing here at First Baptist Church. If you need to come this morning and make a decision to follow Christ, why don't you come as we sing this morning. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon podcast. Please subscribe, but also join us live in person on the Court Square in Barberville, or find us on YouTube by searching FBC Barberville, on Instagram at first underscore Baptist underscore Barberville, on Twitter at BarbervilleFBC or on our Facebook page, First Baptist Barberville.